Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying this show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, I'm talking to Amy Shaw, MD. She is a double board certified medical doctor and nutrition expert with training from Cornell, Columbia, and Harvard universities. Her new book is called I'm So Effin' Hungry. You can find her online at amymdwellness.com or at fastingmd on Instagram. Amy Shaw, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So your new book, I'm So Effing Hungry, uh, is something I can't wait to read. And I'm very interested on how you crack the code of hunger, because hunger is something I've dealt with, uh, you know, in to certainly severe uh, degrees my entire life. Yeah, it's something that we don't know enough about. And the funny thing is, the food companies know about it. Uh, They know all about how our brain and hunger are wired. So I thought to myself, like, why don't we actually know what this is all about and how we can make ourselves like, you know, crave more of the good things and less of the bad things. So it kind of came out of the idea is like, well, if the food companies are capitalizing on this, shouldn't we actually know what's happening? Um, That's why I wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get into this loop of like, am I... You know, I start to think about like the two posited pathways to hunger, the, you know, the homeostatic and the hedonist, uh, hedonic. And and I and I'm often fighting with myself because I have no idea which it is if I'm being, you know, triggered by standing next to a Krispy Kreme or if my body's actually saying like you need some fuel. That's why it's so hard for me when people are talking about intuitive eating, right? Because, you know, intuitive eating in its purest form is is great because you do want to be using your intuition to figure out if you actually want to eat something or not. 
But guess what? These foods um, and food companies manufacture things so that we get confused and right. that, you know, it's we're eating a bag of Doritos, but it's created in such a flavored fashion that we never feel full. Like you never will feel full when you're eating Doritos. You just will feel like eating more. Yeah. And you just have to stop yourself at some point and say like, all right, I got to step away from, from the bag. Um, so that's when it's really hard because we can't use that anymore. Like if you ate an apple at some point, you'd want to stop eating that apple because you're full, but you won't get that with Doritos or a soda or many, many foods that are engineered to create like a, like a never ending kind of um, craving cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is odd. I I've done, um, this experiment, and I don't know if it's universally true, but I found it to be true for me of like front loading a meal with protein, yeah. eating just a ton of protein. I think I ate like a pound of meat basically, and then had some fibrous vegetables and then just put a dessert in front of me and thought about what would that taste like? And I was totally full and then found myself salivating and hungry yes. for the dessert. And I couldn't have eaten another bite of lamb or yeah. know, cabbage, but I could fit that dessert into me. That's like a, um, a test I have in the book um, to kind of exactly what you said. Basically, sometimes people, um, you're not sure whether it's true hunger or craving. And um, just think about like the raw vegetables that you love or you know something that's healthy that you love, a salad. Would you be eating more of that um, if you had it in front of you? Or is it that you just crave the feeling of that sweet in your mouth or your taste buds? And that's what you're craving. Yeah. And then it gets weird because, you know, I it's not true bulimia, but I do. I, I'm so I feel like I'm so damaged from years of this, like yeah. um, of not eating properly that I'll start to think, well, what if I just put it in my mouth and then spit it out? I'm also yeah. an actor. So many times I'm doing work where you have to do that because you're doing a scene where you're eating some food that you're just not right. going to be able to do for 12 hours. And yeah. so they have a spit bucket next to you. And so I think like, well, if that's fair and that's not, you know, really yeah. degenerate uh, behavior, but I don't think any of that's good um, to get accustomed to doing. Right. And that's the same thing with, um, you know, there's some strategies like I talk about. I talk about a lot of strategies in the book that we don't necessarily know because we don't know this research. Like I like I said, companies know this research, but we don't. So like there's lots of strategies, one of which you kind of mentioned is eat your, um, you know, say salad and a soup before you start to um, eat your other food so that by the time you get to dessert, you're actually deciding whether you want to eat it based on um, your your hunger is actually satiated and then you can kind of control that dessert or doing a workout um, in the morning actually helps you control your food all day. So um, getting sunlight, for example, is a great way to actually um, help with cravings and hunger because if you've never noticed, you know, when it's summer months um, or you're spending a lot of time outdoors, your hunger and craving is just more under control than yeah. what it is. And it's actually a brain process. There's a hormone called uh, melanocytes. So melanocytes, like the uh, skin cell uh, colors in your skin, 
It's called melanocyte stimulating hormone. And that actually helps us with cravings and hunger. So that's why sunlight can be really nice. If you're like, God, I'm having such a, a day of bad eating or a week of bad eating or a bad mood. And you just kind of want to get control over that. Um, that's some strategies that you can use. That's amazing. Okay. I, I, I want to, um, veer off and use you very personally right now. So you can diagnose me and tell me how to fix this. But so I grew up, I was put on my first diet at five years old. And and that was like your standard restrictive, but from authority, my parents, my grandparents would decide what I ate. And it was always limited. Like you can't have seconds and we're going to give you a very small portion. Right. And it wasn't fun for a five-year-old. Yeah. And that didn't really work in the way that they wanted it to, which was that I would lose weight and look like a normal and all the other normal kids. And and so then my parents kind of well, really my mom went on this mission because um, since that didn't work, it became like, let's discover what foods he's allergic to. So I was on candida and blood type and every, and then every fad diet that hit the eighties and nineties in America, none of those worked, but this is a perspective looking at it and looking back and going, none of those diets worked. None of them worked because I never really lost weight. However, when I became autonomous and had some of my own money, I then ate so much that my weight almost doubled and I got up to 550 pounds. So maybe they worked in that they limited how much weight I gained. I don't know that if I was left to my own devices in my home, I was going to eat myself that heavy, but then I did because I had a car and I had access to what I found is when I finally started to like, try to take responsibility for my life, try to get this under control. First of all, it was very difficult because I fell back into the, you know, nightshades are bad. And then it was lectins are bad. And then it was X, Y, and Z carbohydrates are bad. And none of that solved me. What solved me really was, you know, um, eating mostly whole foods Mm -hmm. and uh, eating them in moderation and actually putting in controls for what moderation means. Now I'm coming to the hunger point because I would assume a normal quote unquote, and it's terrible to label anybody as normal, but I do, you know, I I would assume that a normal person eats and has some signal where their body says we're full and we don't need to eat anymore because you've eaten enough. Even if you're eating too quickly, because I've been told that's one of my issues. I have no sense of that. I trampled over this so hard for so long That there is no, I will sit and do as much mindfulness as I possibly can and listen as hard as I can to any cues from my body as I'm eating. And I just get, uh, it's like, I'm listening to a void. Yeah. Um, So are you asking how to fix that? Yes. What do I recommend I do? Because I'm, yes, I'm sorry. What do I do? Because I I can weigh my food and know like, This is how much energy my body needs. So this is what I'm going to eat, but I'm still getting no signal from my body that it's enough. But I think what you exactly how you described it to me, kind of years of restriction and ignoring those signals or, or you kind of were forced to ignore those signals in some ways um, you didn't, you were told by authority when you should be done with food and when you should eat more. So I think it's kind of like, uh, the way I think about it is like insulin, insulin resistance. So when you have diabetes, 
It's that your body is not responding to the blood sugar the way it should be. Um, and just like you have insulin resistance, you also can have leptin resistance. And this is something that's been shown very commonly in people, especially with obesity, that your body just stops listening um, to, it's kind of like the crying child. When, when the child keeps crying and crying, the mom and dad are just kind of like, ah, that, you know, that kid's always like that. And that's, that's what insulin resistance is. And that's what leptin resistance is. And so what's happened to you is kind of like a diabetes type thing. Like, you know, sometimes it's reversible in the very beginning and sometimes it's not. And you may have to live a life of um, leptin resistance, which is what people with diabetes type two, you know, it's insulin resistance. And so um, I think it's hard to know for sure whether that's what's going and you should still try to, um, you know, really feel fullness um, versus hunger versus craving signals, but there's a bunch of hormones, not just leptin. There's like neuropeptide YY. So there's a bunch of different mechanisms, um, that our hypothalamus uses to kind of give us information back. But just like you said, it might be, um, it might be hurt and broken to the point where it, it will take years to get back or, you know, or maybe it's broken, you know, to the point where you might have to do this for your, a lot of your adult life, which you've already been doing, it sounds like. Um, so it's hard to know, but we have a lot of mechanisms in our brain and there are, I think you really enjoy the book because there's a lot of like science backed tips. And I'm not just saying this for you to read it, but I'm actually saying for you personally, there's some actual actionable things that you can do to kind of retrain your brain. Like there's this technique where, your dopamine system, which is your craving system. So think about how dopamine works and then you'll understand how your brain must be wired for dopamine. Dopamine works at, uh, in a way that it creates food memories and it creates um, hunger even if you're not really hungry per se. So if you were a hunter-gatherer living in the woods and um, you just finished your meal not too long ago, but you're out foraging or doing, you know, getting ready for the evening, but, and you come across this huge, beautiful fruit tree. And it's like in a place you've never seen before. And it's full of ripe fruit. Your brain lights up right then because we are wired to survive. So your brain says, oh my gosh, there's this amazing fruit tree. You better remember where it is and you better take all the fruit and eat it even though you know, you're know you not necessarily hungry, but now you'll remember that fruit tree for future. And so if you think about dopamine memories, that's why when you go to the movies, now you automatically think of popcorn or the butter popcorn and soda that your family always used to get your, or a game, which, you know, Companies positioned themselves at game, baseball games uh, because they knew that people would form memories around that uh, because that's how dopamine works. And so if you think about you now, you think about all these memories that your body probably already has stored and how much you're going to have to do to kind of replace or retrain. It's almost like a trauma right, of your childhood that you're trying to retrain. So I know for myself, there are certain foods that are triggered by memories, um, you, you know, and that's the dopamine system. And our dopamine system is so strong that it will make you get up out of your seat and drive across town and get that thing that you were craving because dopamine controls alcohol cravings, food cravings, 
um, all the different things that people get addicted to gambling, porn, it's a dopamine addiction. And so if you think about how that works and how um, it kind of forms those memories, then you can think about how to break it. So one of the ways to break it is to give yourself rewards, but intermittent rewards, meaning like a random intermittent rewards, and it can retrain the dopamine system. So say there's something really healthy that you love. So you love dark chocolate. And yes, it's much healthier than going out to, um, you know, whatever your local fast food dessert shop. So what you do is when um, randomly and maybe somebody else is assigned to it because it, you can't have already planned it. It has to be random, has to be intermittent, and it has to be given to you as a reward to create a dopamine pathway, a good dopamine pathway. So maybe it's just that you know that every third or seventh or ninth day or you circle days on the calendar that you're going to give yourself a very healthy reward and you think about how good it makes you feel and how with the reward, you can actually create a dopamine, a new dopamine pathway to kind of override some of the old ones. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to try that. I, I, right now it's, um, 0% fat Greek yogurt and whey protein powder. <laughs> Mixing those yeah. two things, it, it, I find it to be delicious and I'm very happy with it. So I'm going to try just randomly giving those and setting up some new dopamine pathways. Yeah, because you want to be like, and there are some good foods that create happiness in you that um, could create some new memories. Our, our body just wants to survive. Like we just want to create um, memories so that we can survive a famine or a war. And, um, you know, that's why that fruit tree and like story makes so much sense. Like if you were starving and you remembered that, you know, a year ago you found this fruit tree, your brain will remember kind of how to get there, what it looked like, what it smelled like so that you can get food when you need it. It's so weird because we know, um, that hunger is these hormones. The body produces these hormones and and it signals to uh to, to that we need to eat. And it it isn't always because we're running out of energy. Like, you know, it's not the light on your car when you're low yeah. on gas. It's not that at all. I mean, maybe sometimes if you've got low blood sugar and your hands start shaking or something, but really often it's just that like what you're talking about, you're associating yeah. something with something else. Oh, I've I've been in this area before and this area equals whatever donuts or, or chocolate or, or something like that. Yeah, we have many survival mechanisms. Um, so to protect us from starvation. Yeah. So and those, unfortunately, in this day and age, we don't necessarily need a lot of those, but they're being they're being kind of um uh, we're using them in ways that we shouldn't be using them. And like I said, it's not really our fault. It's really because we didn't understand the science before people that preyed on us understood the science. And so like, it's not your fault that you crave um, certain processed foods. They are made to create that feeling of finding the fruit tree in the forest, you know? Yeah. I. It's so wild because I would be put on a diet as a kid. I would often cheat on this diet. So like I would sneak food when my parents weren't looking. And then if they perceived that I'd had a successful week of dieting, I would get a trip to the drive-through and that's how I was rewarded. And then when I could, I ate that all the time, three times yeah. a day, four times a day. 
um, because that's what I. That was your reward. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you equated that. I always tell parents um, and it's not bad to cook, uh, you know, your child's favorite meal when they get a good grade. But really what you're doing, if you always reward them with food, is you're basically telling them that food is a reward or, um, and I try to do that to myself too. Like if something really great happens, I don't necessarily want to go out and have a binge eating and drinking night because I think that what happens is you start to think that that's equal to each other. Like buy yourself a new pair of workout clothes, you know, but do something for yourself that's going to make you better. Like don't use that to destroy your body um, the next day. And do you have suggestions for just, you know, every point of just about every point of commerce in America also has food for sale, gas stations, electronic shops. um, uh, and then just moving around in public, there's advertisement for food everywhere and ch- cheap food everywhere you go it is is part part of that. If it is all linked to hormones, those are stimulating hormone hunger hormones, too. Yeah. So they actually create colors, um, you know, of the packaging they create. Um, they know that people will drink. Um, a sports drink or a drink more when it's a certain color or a certain. So yeah, it's all, it's all a chemistry experiment for these companies that the only thing they want to do is have you ingest more of it. And so they don't really care what's going to happen to your leptin or your neuropeptide YY over 10 years time of eating this. What they want to convince you is that it's, you know, it can be part of a healthy diet. And so it's almost like, you know, you're kind of, it's like this magnetic field that you're trying to get away from um, when you're, and you know, you've probably felt like that many times. I know I feel like that. It's like this magnetic pull that you're um, that you're walking away from uh, in this world. And I think the more we educate people about what's actually happening, you've gotten the education the hard long way, but a lot of people like children today don't really know the difference between why would they pick an orange over an orange candy or a, or an orange, um, you know, flavored drink when they don't really know what the difference was or why they should pick one or the other. So I think it it starts with kind of it's not going to be enough to just say eat healthy. You know, we're going to have to teach them that. Like I tell, I have kids, and what I tell them is that these foods are engineered to make you want more of them and to make you want them more than the healthy foods. So to understand that, yes, you will crave them and yes, you will want them, but that doesn't mean you always just have that. Like, and I don't restrict them from my kids because of exactly what you said happened to you. You know, when dopamine is that thing where if you want alcohol and somebody hides that alcohol, you will drive to another state to buy. So it's like, that's how dopamine works. You can't, you can't just suppress that. No. Yes. I'm also a sober person. I've been sober for a couple of decades now. And and I, it was very hard for me to apply the same principles to food that I applied to sobriety. I kept trying to game it and go like, no, if I just don't eat lectins, I'll be cured of all this baggage. Right. And yeah. and that just wasn't true for me. Maybe somebody cannot eat lectins and then drive 
back by a McDonald's at three o'clock in the morning and not have to pull in. But but when when I was finally successful, I did I changed my life in ways of like I altered my route home to avoid yeah. some of these areas just because I had to alter my route home when I was getting clean from drugs and alcohol to avoid places I used to buy drugs and alcohol because I would almost go into a trance where I just kind of come to having bought drugs again, going like, well, why did I do this? I didn't want to do this. You know, Um, that's dopamine right there. That's how strong it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of that. That's not really discussed. It, It is kind of an entire branch of, why we're hungry, why we're doing, why we're having failures doing these diets when, you know, you have all the willpower in the world and then there's just stuff at play that we're not really talking about. Well, it's why we crave and why, um, you know, there's a lot of things pulling at us. It's not just food. If you think about, um, you know, online uh, games, if you think about just internet in general, phone, um, porn, gambling. I mean, these are all pulling at our dopamine. So it's easier for us, you know, it's when you have to get up and you go and work out, right? You get a little dopamine drip. You feel good. You're motivated to do it again. When you are getting notifications though on um, TikTok, Facebook, um, Instagram, that's a dopamine hit too. And that's easier, you know, for a lot of us than going outside and going for a run or walk or whatever. And then we have the dopamine hits from our food. Then we have the dopamine. So you could literally just bypass all the good dopamine hits um, and just do the negative ones. So what I try to tell people is like, listen, going for a walk with music or doing meditation, those are like dopamine drips. That's not going to give you, that's, you have to understand it's not going to be the same high as when you win a game or if you take drugs or ha- get drunk, right? That's just going to be a less intense high. But over time, that's going to be your long-term high rather than the things that deplete you of your dopamine. And then you're kind of feeling like just the way you feel hungover and you feel really miserable the day after you drink or do drugs, that's because your dopamine is depleted. Like you released it all instead of dripping it out like it's meant to be dripped out yeah this is um this was more uh evident for me in getting off drugs but there was like a long period of time where there was no happiness it did not matter what i did i, I, I there was no dopamine drip from anything in life yeah. and 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 there's a little bit of faith that you have to have i think to get you through that period um because you know, at a certain point, you're kind of just going like, well, if this is what life is without yeah. drugs, what's the point? It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I also had a number of relapses and why many of my compatriots have real hard times getting off, especially opiates. Uh, that that yeah. was my my trouble spot. But like you have this faith that I can I can be happy again one day. You get to the point where you are happy one day. There's there's a lot of that with food, too. And you can't just abstain from food, right? You have to eat. And so I'm really, really interested in. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. looking at your book and seeing what you suggest to create some of these new pathways, because, you know, every time I, you know, I'll do, I, I, I am at a really good maintenance weight, but sometimes for work or to take a picture, I'll diet down. And every time it's like this, this gloom of unhappiness, that's very similar to giving up drugs. Yeah. I mean, um, have you ever heard of psychobiotics? That's a whole new world that I discuss um, in there. It's basically the discovery that there are bacteria in your gut that can actually influence your mood. So you can transplant gut bacteria from one animal to another and change their entire mental state. Like I'm talking schizophrenia to non-schizophrenic, depression to, you know, Um, non-depressed. So autism, I mean, they've looked at all kinds of brain gut diseases. And so, the big, big question is, can we figure out, you know, which bacteria to put into our gut and how do we do that right. to change your brain status? So we know, like, for example, there's been a ton of studies that show that there's a correlation between your gut bacteria and how good you feel on a daily basis. And so that to me is so exciting because it's like saying, Basically, we have control over our mental state. Like when you're saying that you feel so down and if somebody told you, hey, listen, two weeks of eating these foods and repopulating your gut, you're going to be better. Um, You're going to feel better. And I think when I say that, that already gives us hope that like there's something out there. Now, of course, the drug companies um, are trying their hardest (laughs) to take advantage of this because they're like, oh, we can just give them this bacteria and put it in a pill and make it like $6,000 and then say it's like the magic happy pill or something. Right. So it's a, it's an area of um, intense uh, interest and research from everyone, because if we could figure out that gut brain connection, oh my gosh, think about how 
life-changing it would be. But right now we kind of know enough about it that I feel like it's enough that we can take action on it. We know that if you're eating a diet full of certain foods that feed the gut bacteria, meaning prebiotics are foods that feed your gut bacteria, and then probiotics are foods that actually put in bacteria, and then a few other foods like polyphenols, which are another magic food for the bacteria, you can actually grow like an entire garden of good gut bacteria that's going to help you with your mood, with your cravings. Um, And so I think that's the most exciting part of it. Can you give me some examples? Because I think of um, uh, probiotic type foods where there's lacto fermentable food like cabbage, I think of and and things like kimchi and sauerkraut. I don't know why I'm only thinking of cabbage and uh, and like the little yogurt uh probiotics but but what are prebiotics and the other word you said was phenol polyphenols yeah okay so prebiotics if you think about it is like food for those little seedlings that already exist in your gut and that's actually the best if you think about it you know you and i can have very different uh, microbiomes but if you feed the seeds in your microbiome the seedlings um you're going to be able to be happy and so will i Um, even though they're different, right? So prebiotics is probably the most important. Prebiotics is food fertilizer for the the seedlings that you already have. We all kind of have those good bacteria in there, unless you've been ravaged with antibiotics for many months or something. So prebiotic foods are things with the fiber in them. So if you, you know, modern day farming is basically taking a a wheat um, plant and taking away all the fiber, and the bran and all of that stuff and just leaving the the uh, refined um, starch part of it. So basically, you're not getting any of the fiber that you should have gotten to feed your good gut bacteria. And of course, like people didn't realize how important these pieces of fiber are. So you can get them from vegetables, you can get them from fruit, you can get them from unrefined um, grains and nuts. So these are just real foods that have the fiber inside of them. It's not like a fiber pill per se. It's, um, or although psyllium husk, for example, is a great addition um, to the diet. So things that have fiber in them are really prebiotics. And there's some foods that are like major prebiotics. So um, something like jicama, for example, is like an amazing prebiotic, but something as simple as garlic um, is and onions are amazing prebiotics. So learning kind of what foods um, I would say in general, just eating more fiber in your diet, basically in America, we are starving our gut bacteria because we're not giving them even 20 grams of fiber, 90% of people. So we want to be giving them much more fiber through food. Mm -hmm. The second thing is probiotics. Probiotics sounds like it should be a pill, but it's really the way you want to think about it is anything that has live bacteria in it. So if you look at your yogurt, um, it could be a yogurt that has live bacteria. And if it does, it'll say that on the back. Same with probiotic cottage cheese, um, apple cider vinegar, like the um, unrefined one, the mother, the one with the mother, that is fermented. Um, And so now you go to Whole Foods or these health food stores, there's also huge sections of um, you know, kimchi or, uh, or fermented cabbage, we don't really need to do a lot of fermentation anymore because of refrigeration and, and, um, pasteurization. So that's why it became kind of harder to get. So like pickles nowadays don't, aren't really fermented because they learn how to 
pasteurize them and just put them in vinegar and put it away. So getting some fermented foods into your diet is om- is literally the best way. They found in a study that it was even more important than anything in your diet is adding fermented food. And if you can get up to like three to five servings of fermented food, um, that created the most anti-inflammatory effect in the gut. It was created the biggest change. And so for me, I just feel like it's worth it to get some, oh, apple cider vinegar, add it to, you know, your salad. Um, Oh, probiotic cottage cheese, you know, have that instead of the regular cottage cheese, like little switches that could be really easy. Can can I ask you, maybe, you know, it just occurred to me, my kids are always yelling me about this. Um, uh, If you heat up uh, fermented foods, do you ruin the probiotic? Can you kill those? Yeah, um, a lot of it you would kill, yeah. So So like, um, if you're having a yogurt, uh, you want to have it like as a yogurt more than uh, in, in a recipe because, um, presumably at high heat, um, some of those bacteria would die. Um, and that's, what's wrong with a lot of the probiotic, um, pills and uh, all these things that people do is because they're heat processing it. And so a lot of that dies. So the other thing, um, is kombucha, um, or um, kefir, um, or some people call it kefir. Um, it's like, you know, uh, and you can do water kefir. There's like a coconut water kefir, or you could do a yogurt one. There's lots of options now of adding fermented food. It's not in our norm. So I feel like people don't think about it as much because that's not in our usual kind of, um, you know, grocery store list. Right. Okay. And then the last thing is polyphenol. So polyphenols, are the bright colored pigments in foods. So if you think about like blueberries, um, you think about um, red cabbage, you know, things that have a lot of color. So um, these compounds are actually used by your gut bacteria to create um, signals to the brain and to other parts of your body that are anti-inflammatory. So it's not necessarily for us, it's for those gut bacteria that are able to use those um, polyphenols. So brightly colored, and that includes spices like turmeric, um, uh, cinnamon, you know, these polyphenols and tea and coffee fall in the polyphenol category as well. So we, I mean, it's not really exotic foods per se, but if you think about it, um, if you eat a typical American Dry, what like you did for a while, a drive-through diet, right? You're not getting any of those. You're not getting right. probiotics, not getting prebiotics, and you're not getting polyphenols. So you really do have to kind of switch um, your diet into things that are healthier. And a lot of us are doing some of this stuff, but they're not doing all of it. And so and then I talk about a few other foods that you can eat too, like protein-rich foods, actually, certain proteins, certain amino acids are really good at resetting that uh, brain gut connection. So those, those signals that you're trying to correct, you can um, go even further with that. Yeah. And so those signals where I am trying to understand being full, which, which I also acknowledge isn't purely an energy balance thing. I mean, that's part of it, but it's not the totality of it. I, I, I did spend like, you know, 30 years of my life, recognizing something that I don't see as, or I try to analytically not see it as a food source as my primary food source. Right. And so now it is kind of hacking that, but all of this can just be gamed with a little bit of thought and some, you know, 
like elbow grease. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like just rethinking the way um, we eat, because I think what happens is for a lot of us, we don't, and nobody's ever given us a framework for how to eat. Like our parents didn't know. Um, they didn't know any better. I, my parents didn't know, right? Like uh, schools never taught us. Right. So it's like, where the heck are we supposed to learn this stuff from the food companies? That's really it. I mean, I went to nutrition school as an undergrad and I still remember going to my first conference and seeing it all sponsored by, you know, cereal companies and craft um, and all these um, companies that were kind of massaging the message a little bit um, in order to get, get the message out there that they wanted uh, because they knew obviously it's in their best interest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to make a, a lot of money. And then I, I also think that because we have so many pills kind of to heal the various ways foods making us sick and medicines that it is kind of a vicious circle where I don't know that the people who are really in power want to handle this situation. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, it's a tough um, fight because who's going to win if you are um, promoting like food that's inexpensive, right? Like right. if I'm not going to make a lot of money, if instead of a probiotic, you choose to have yogurt, right? Like that, that's, there's not a lot of motivation for people to say that. Right. Yeah. And if we found that a lot of the, you know, I, I don't know this to be true. I haven't read anything on this, but if we did find out that a lot of depression could be cured with diet, like that would be kind of mind blowing, you know, I, but I also think that there might be a lot of people who still were, would want to opt for the garbage American diet, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that I don't, like I said, I don't think that a lot of people would opt for that diet if they knew any better, but it's almost like, well, of course, like a kid, you're giving them um, an orange drink or uh, like, a, you know, or you're giving them an actual orange that you have to peel, has all this fiber in it. Like, why would you pick that unless you knew that there was something really great about the orange that you wouldn't get from the drink? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Having to go to the store and make your own food is a is a pain in the butt. It's a lot of work, you know, Um and so if that is the option, I'm sure there's going to be many people who go like, oh, well, I don't have time, money, patience for that. But I hope that there's like lots of entrepreneurs, right? We have such amazing, savvy people that listen to your podcast or that follow me. And they might be like, oh, wait, people like to eat this stuff, but there's a way to add five, like make it full of fiber, full of polyphenols or full of, I mean, it's possible to do that. So why don't they just, make a whole new industry of like foods that are actually tasty, but then um, they have the things that we need from them. That's like a new revolution, right? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I think it should be. Yeah. You know, it, it some of these protein, can be. These protein bars and shakes and stuff, they're crap too. You know, we need like a third category. Right. Yeah. No, I, I do. I do fall down the rabbit hole sometimes of eating some low cal stuff that I just know yeah. in abundance is not the best choice, yeah. but it scratches whatever itch I'm having at the time. But, you know, yeah. I mean, to your point, I might be blocking that rebuilding of whatever dopamine signals by having this stuff. 
Well, I think it, um, you do need a dopamine drip, right? We all, we can't survive. Like people think like you can just go without dopamine. No, like you'll die. So you need dopamine. You just need to understand where it comes from. So you can maybe um, seek out other sources that might give you that same little, um, like burst that you get from uh, certain foods. So for me, the easiest thing to tell people that I think it gets so overlooked is circadian rhythms. Like, um, sun, like if you get a good night's sleep and you get some sunlight or one of one or the other, but preferably both, um, you will automatically notice that you're a happier person because our, some people think of depression actually as a circadian rhythm disorder, because right. There's so much sleep disturbance and light disturbance. And, and when you fix that in people, they automatically feel a little bit better. And so what I think people don't realize is like, hey, you have the power, even if it's cold outside, you have the power to go outside, open a window or whatever it is, get some sunlight or um, get a little bit of uh, darkness and sleep at night. And that alone will help you boost that dopamine. And maybe you won't need the other stuff as much. Like, I don't know about you, but when I haven't gotten a good night's sleep in a few nights in a row and I haven't gone outside and um, seen sun, like my cravings are all over the place. My mood is all over the place um, because I now that I know the science, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I noticed that when I'm not doing those things, um, my energy, my mood, my cravings. At, at my sleep quality, I'll go down. Yeah. If you were designing something for someone um, that was uh, resolution based. So let's say like you, you have somebody and, and like, I, I personally think that, but it's also was my, my perspective. So that's why it's probably the most true for me that, that like with, with weight loss, the majority of Americans could see massive health benefits just yeah. by losing weight. And so like whatever, however you cobble that together, you're going to be successful in having a health benefit. But if you had somebody who was like struggling in the way that I've talked to you about how I've struggled and still struggle to this day, right? I've lost 300 pounds yeah. and kept it off for years. And it's, you know, it's a not, daily grind, right? Yeah. It's life is not as easy as it was when I was mindlessly going to McDonald's four times yeah. a day just that it's it's real work what would you suggest for somebody who wants to begin this process as like a new year's resolution type of thing yeah that's a great um question so i'll tell you what i do do with people so what i do is we do a 90 day um intensive and what we do is every week we check in so part of it is accountability, having someone cheering you on, being your partner in the process, right? This road, and you know, can be really lonely and it can be really difficult when no one is kind of uh, checking up on you. And you're more likely to stay accountable to someone else than you are to yourself, let's be honest. We love to fulfill things for other people um, and we're less likely to fulfill them if it's just ourselves that we have to do it for, right? Um, so I do a weekly check-in. Um, and what we do is we work on um, brain gut connection things. So that's food, that's circadian rhythms, that's sleep, that's intermittent fasting. So I don't necessarily recommend that everybody do these long intermittent fasts, but just something in kind of in tune with circadian rhythm. So um, if it's dark outside and it's midnight, 
um, you probably just should go to bed, maybe have a glass of water or have a tea and then go to bed. Um, so just like really sinking better to circadian rhythms and also eating for gut health, I think. Um, and then there's exercises that we know that actually improve gut health and improve brain health. And so when you're trying to really hone in on what you're honing in on and what I'm trying to hone people in on, I'm not necessarily going to be like, oh, just do any form of exercise. I'm actually going to say like, let's hone in on the things that are actually going to help that brain gut connection get stronger um, so that you can help your cravings. Um, and that's going to be things that are uh, maybe different than what you're used to. And then um, same with the diet. Like I actually give a full on plan because just like you said, it's like, it's hard to think outside the box. Sometimes like you might be thinking to yourself, Oh my God, where do I start with just being healthy? Like you've now done it for uh, what you said, five years, but well, I've been dieting for 20 years now. I mean, yeah. really my whole life, but on my own, like of my yeah. own cognizance for 20 years, I've been. Dieting. Yeah. So it's, but if you were just starting out, a lot of people that I work with are eating healthy, but they don't really know this whole, um, you know, there's all these types of fiber. Like when I say fiber and prebiotics, there are certain prebiotics that you might want to try. So I kind of make up a little, um, and in the book I do, it's really easy to find it. It's, a, it's, it's basically eating food, real food with um, a breakdown based on the person. So if you are a perimenopausal woman, you're going to eat a little bit differently than if you're a 25 year old athlete, for example, that's like, I kind of customize it because when women start to get those hormonal shifts and same with men, as we get older, um, the macronutrients affect your hormones as well. So you want to kind of like tweak that. Yeah. So that's it. That's, and it's not that it takes 90 days um, to see results, but Nothing. I don't think there's a habit. Very few habits are 28 day habits. Most things are like 90 plus days um, to actually get really a habit. And, and usually more than that, it's probably more like six months. And the really wild thing about habits is you can blink and the habit can disappear. Right. Yes. A habit is really something you got to keep doing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moon.
Moonpig.com. It's it's crazy. And that's why I like habits that have some positive feedback to it. Um, like, you know, when I forced myself to wake up early, I always pair it with something that's desirable um, so that it's like fun. You look forward to it. Like your first meal of the day should be something you're looking forward to, not dreading like all these box diet, the diets that have like, you know, come in food and comes in boxes and you're like, just like not even enjoying the food. That's not a habit that's going to stick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes very tricky that way. I, you know, I tell myself because it's, it's very odd. I find that there's a lot um, that I believe and yet my experience and my emotions will tell me different. You know what I mean? Like I do believe I can control how I react to something emotionally. And then I'll find myself very angry going like, I don't want to be angry right now. And yet I'm angry. And it's, it's similar with food. Like I don't want to be sold something. I don't want marketing to work on me. And yet it does. And, and And I'll buy something and I'll go, I didn't, I didn't really want this, but the advertising worked. Um, And I think with food, like if you want to get to that place, I think that, you know, I don't think for somebody who's like 600 pounds that the, the total, the totality of a solution is going to be just eating whole foods. I don't know that you, you, you might have to do that as a beginning point, but then at some point there might be some regulation in how much whole foods you're going to eat because at 600 pounds, your body might be telling you to overeat even if they're quote unquote healthy foods. But I do think that for the majority of America, just doing that simple switch over that you're talking about doing for 90 days, I think we could see such profound benefits. I really do. And I, um, the nice thing about gut, um, this whole idea of psychobiotics is that the gut will work for you. So gut bacteria, they, they create their own dopamine and serotonin and they send it to the brain. So, um, if you think about it, it's a great way to feel better because that serotonin and dopamine is going to, it's weird because they talk about 80 to 90% of your neurotransmitters, like dopamine, serotonin are in the gut, but that's, it doesn't cross a blood brain barrier. So people are like, well, that's different dopamine. But what that does is it signals, sends secondary signals to the brain to say, hey, you, you know, you should feel more energetic. You should feel better. And that will motivate you to eat more of the good food. So once you get the, the kind of cycle started, the gut bacteria itself will ask for more of the food that it likes. And so it can work in a positive way for you. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, Dr. Shaw, I can't wait to read your book and thank you so much for this conversation. That was awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Talk to you later. And now for the Q&A. Here is a question from Walter. Hi, Walter. Walter says, I am 26 years old and married with two older kids, 15 and 8, both new to me, so stepsons, and a baby on the way. Since graduating college in 2018, I have become roughly 100 pounds overweight and I have struggled since then with being consistent in the gym and with my diet. How would you advise that a man with a baby on the way become consistent to the point that he can adapt when the baby comes and keep a healthy workout regimen diet through infancy? 
bonus question if you have time. <laughs> I know you don't like the word cheat meal, but how often would you recommend the average person allows themselves to veer from their diet to keep a sense of sanity and avoid binging? Well, okay. Let's get that one out of the way first. To me, that meal, a cheat meal is binging. So it's not avoiding binging. It is binging. I, I So, you know, again, um, these these ideas I do not think are particularly universal. So when Walter says cheat meal, maybe he just means one Big Mac at McDonald's. Um, there's nothing about that that sounds fun to me. I would want a Big Mac and possibly a second Big Mac and fries and, uh, you know, all the sauces for the fries, which I would wind up putting on the Big Mac and some chicken nuggets. Um, and that's binging. And so when I think about um, cheat meals, I think of that it's such a departure from what I'm doing and the goals I've set for, for me. And like, I don't know that it's going to necessarily be the same for a guy who put on 100 pounds in four years, who could easily take that 100 pounds off in less than four years, um, that they have to radically change their life. My, um, my issues were a lifetime of issues. They weren't something that acutely occurred. Um, like he, he said this was post-college or during college. I know this he mentioned post, college. post-graduating from college, post-graduating from college. So really Walter, I would suggest like, just go back to what you were doing in college before this started. And and just kind of try to squeeze that back into your life and be a little bit more restrictive to get the weight off. Because if you put, I mean, if you, if you put on a hundred pounds in four years, which really 2018 is technically five years ago now, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, depending on the month, like what happened? What, what occurred? How did your life change? Did you, are you just sitting in an office and eating office food? Um, what is the what is the different thing that you're doing? You can't change nothing and gain a hundred pounds in four years. You, something must have changed. So my suggestion to you would be to go back to however you were existing before you gained this weight and try to exist more that way now. For somebody with a lifetime of struggle, who's done many diets and lost weight and gained weight back. That's a little bit of a different story. And that was my experience. And I I just go like, I'm trying to understand what Walter's life was like prior to him gaining weight. You know what I mean? Like, how do I figure out what a normal relationship with food is? And so to me, a cheat meal is an entire pizza and chicken wings and, you know, the antipasta salad heavy on salami and cheese and, you know, a couple root beers like that, that. That's that's not that's not something I really have any interest in doing anymore because it's a part of my life that was really awful. So I'll have a bite or a slice of pizza every now and again. Pizza is not some. It's not like a line of cocaine where there's like a, a, a hard line that I do not cross. For me, the 
thing that I do not cross is doing stuff in secret. I could never sit and have my wife or children watch me eat an entire pizza and wings and maybe a hero sub, you know, a meatball sub or a chicken parm sandwich. It would just, I couldn't do that. That's something I want to do by myself. And so that's my hard line. My hard line is stuff that if I can't do it in front of my wife, it's, it's never, I'm, I don't do it. It's not something that's ever on the table. I can have a pizza, a piece of pizza in front of my wife. I can even eat, you know, a small personal size pizza in front of my wife. It's extraordinarily rare that I'll do that. I would say in the last two years, that's happened once. And then, you know, I didn't eat pizza again for a long time and that was fine with me, but it wasn't a, a cheat meal for me might not be a cheat meal for you. And what, you know, like, what are we talking about here? For me, a cheat meal is, a, is binge eating. And so I, I, I don't do that anymore. I want my calories per day. Like if I'm going to, I I, want to keep them roughly the same. So I'm never going to have 10,000 calories in a day or even 5,000 calories in a day. Maintenance for me is like 3,500 calories. So I'm never going to exceed that. If I'm having pizza or Thanksgiving dinner, I'm, I'm eating a little bit less earlier on in the day and having a big meal at night. And that's, that's how I do that. But pretty much I'm not making restrictions in food types while doing that. I, you know, although eating those kinds of foods are incredibly rare, if you're on a diet, I don't think it's ever a good idea to have a a quote unquote cheap meal while dieting. Dieting is a fixed period of time. And I don't believe diets have to be so stressful that you need to blow off steam by eating. So, no part of a cheat meal really makes sense to me. I'm trying to change my lifestyle. And for a guy who gained a hundred pounds in four years, I would say change your lifestyle back to whatever it was before you gained that weight. How were you eating and how much activity were you getting and, and try to figure that out. If you, if you used to, do sports and now you're in an office, maybe you just need to eat a little bit less and and eat uh, foods that fill you up a little bit more that are lower in caloric volume. That's, that's my answer. I hope that's acceptable. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Thank you for that. And if you have a question that you'd like Ethan to answer, you can email it to us at AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.